You're listening to the Two Man Weave Podcast with your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. The Two Man Weave Show runs live every weekday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. Yes, 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 yes. This is the Two Man Weave. My name is Michael Rappaport. I'm in here with Kenyon Martin. Yes. They call us the Confrontational Two, uh, better known as the Two Man Weave. The NBA on TuneIn. The NBA playoffs. Who better to break things down than myself and the great Kenyon Martin? What's happening, my man? How are you? Everything's good, man. How you feeling? I'm marvelous, man. I'm marvelous. Been enjoying these, been enjoying these playoffs so far. So it's a good thing, you know. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. The 2017 playoffs are going down on TuneIn. For the first round until the champion is crowned, catch every game from around the league live on TuneIn Premium Upgrade today. Atlanta versus Washington. You know what my, my problem with this this series is? What's up? John Wall. Okay. He, 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 he does it to himself. He gets so hyped and then starts throwing up all kinds of signs and chest thumping and bumping and it's two games to know and he's talking greasy and blah blah and, and and it's like every single year he gets himself into this situation and this this series can go either way this yeah, season like, yeah, what, what, like, what is your take on this series like where's your head at on this series and were you shocked that jose calderon is still alive <laughs> yeah, still in the nba him, and yeah, scored 10 points from what did they dig him up from i think me and jordan's watching the game i was like yo is that Jose? Is that Calderon? <laughs> like, like really? Like, um, but yeah, now um, John Wall, he's out there enjoying himself. Um, you know, he's in. Um, I was listening to somebody, and I, um, I think somebody called him a front runner, maybe. You mm. know, because he's out there with, um, when things are going good, this, that, and the third. And he's not doing so, so much of that when it's not. But he's enjoying the moment, man. Um, he's helping his team. Um, like you said, this series can go either way. Um, it's a toss-up. Um, I thought that going into it, um, I thought Washington um, didn't have enough on their bench um, um, to compete. But the, um, so they've been doing well so far. But um, with Marquise Morris and the and the um, and the Paul Millsap thing is is interesting. That's an interesting matchup. Um, Marquise got off to a good start with the series. Um, woke Paul Millsap, um, so to speak. Um, yeah, I agree. And now we have a battle, you know, and then Marquise hadn't played as well. Um, he's been in foul trouble each of the last, like, three games or so because they're going at him, you know what I'm saying? They're running plays directly at him. Uh, I think he played excellent defense in game one. Um, but after that, I just um, – Paul Millsap has been on his game. To remind people, one of the first skinny genification moments of the playoffs was after game one, Paul Millsap said – uh, we're out there playing basketball, and these guys are out there playing MMA. I jumped all over that. Kenyon didn't jump all over it. He got a chuckle out of it. Yeah, uh, was... But you, 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 I, I could tell you have respect for Millsap. And then uh, Markeith Morris, one of the uh, half of the Morris twins who used to play together. Was it Denver they played together? Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix, where they shared bank accounts, shared <laughs> tattoos, and shared God knows what else. Yeah. Um. Markeith called Paul Millsap a crybaby, and then uh, Millsap screwed around and got a triple-double nearly, and he had clutch plays down the stretch. Listen, these guys are playing basketball now. I, I, you know, it's like 2-0, and dudes think the series is over. Yeah. And um, 
I just don't get it from 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 Washington. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, when all AK, you did the, was take care of home. So all they did was take care of home. You know what I'm saying? You scored yeah. someone at home in the playoffs. That's why that's the setup. And if you can win on the road, great. But when you start the series at home, you're supposed to win at home. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. Dennis Schroeder, a.k.a. the German Shriek, is the real deal. You you called it from the beginning. We were talking about this, how, uh, you know, John Wall is usually the fastest guy on the uh, – Dennis Schroeder is usually the fastest guy on the court. Yeah. How would Dennis Schroeder deal with being the second fastest guy on the court? He's dealing with it. He's playing. He doesn't back down. Even Dwight Howard is contributing. He had 16 and points and 15 rebounds, which is – That's good. Yeah. Uh. You know, this is this is a series. You know, the, the the playoffs right now, the first round. These guys are they're in there grinding, and 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 of course, Golden State and Cleveland. Uh, you know, they're uh, they're relaxing and 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 you know, recouping and watching and you know, just watching from the sidelines. And and everybody else is just banging it out. All right, we got our first call. I like to hear from the people. Listen, you got Kenyon Martin here. You got me, Michael Rappaport. We're talking all NBA. And listen, if you want to talk to us about something else and it's within reason, we'll uh, we'll answer that too. Miles, who do we got on the phone? Okay, Mitri, you're on the phone with the two-man weave, Kenyon Martin. He's in the post. I'm throwing him the ball uh, down there. He's passing it back out. What's up, Mitri? What's up with my guys? Love the show. Um, I was just calling to ask about the Thunder's offseason. I just want to know what you guys think they should do. I mean, obviously they need some shooters around Russ, but I, I saw a stat this morning that KD took the most contested shots in the league last year. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking, like, maybe he's just not giving the ball at the right time. You know, maybe he's just dribbling too much. Um, maybe that's the reason they weren't shooting um, that well. But, yeah, I just wanted to know what you guys think the Thunder should do this offseason. Good question. Kenyon, I'll let you take that. Um yeah, so you hit the nail on the head. They definitely had some shooters um, around Russ. But yeah, they, um, they're also big heavy, you know what I'm saying? But this series, it was a bad matchup for them to start the series, um, just being that Houston spreads the floor so much. You know, but moving forward, um, I like what they did with Taj Gibson bringing him in. Um, I thought mm-hmm. McDermott would be a lot better than he was. Um, in that kind of situation with him being able to um, spread the floor and knock down shots with the – with the penetration and the way Russell's passing the ball and things like that. But um, they have a decision to make with Oladipo. You know, mm. um, he didn't give him absolutely anything this series. You know, um, and then they got a decision to make with the Robeson kid. Yo, I did not know he was that bad of a free throw shooter. But um, the whole yeah, world moving, found out. Yeah, but moving forward. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, they need some. Um, they need a lot. They need a lot. Um, they need to mix some things up, I think, to make some trades, free agents to draft, things like that. So I think guys want to play with Russ. You know, um, I do believe that they can get some guys in Oklahoma City to go play with Russ. Yeah, Ennis Cantor couldn't even get on the floor last night three minutes. In yeah, and the there's no space game. for him. I'm saying there's no space for him. Yeah. You know, you got to um, a decision to make. You want to play him or you want to play Adams. And I'm saying you can't play both, you know. So you have um, it's just one of those things that – and then they got Nick Collison over there, you know. They could have used that spot. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't. I know he's a franchise guy, and you want to look out for your guys. You should make him a coach or something. You know, they could have used. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They could have used that spot. No, no, no they, they honestly could have used that spot. Right. You know, um, I like Nick Collins. I know um, so he's a professional. He's been there. He always brings his hard hat each and every day game. But in today's NBA, he's not playing. Mm. You know, 
he's positive, he's a motivator, he's good to have around the younger guys. You, he can still be there and be around the younger guys, but they could have used that spot, you know, in my opinion. You know, can you let me ask you a question? Go ahead. No, no, no finish, finish what you're saying. Sorry. You know, I'm just moving forward. I, I, I was just saying, moving forward, they have a lot of decisions to make on a few guys. That's all. You said, you said, uh, you know, I know guys would, would want to play with Russell. Yeah. Listen, I love Russell, and it's easy now. But we did say this. I, I, I did say you said six games. I said five games. Yes. Um. Everybody knew that they weren't going to win. I mean, I, I, I assumed they weren't going to win. And you know, he's such a force. He's so relentless. He's such a pleasure to watch. But in all honesty, Kenny, in your prime of primes, you know, in your prime of primes, you know, you're you're, you're a guy who needs the ball given to you. You're a big guy. Would you like to play with a Russell Westbrook? Obviously, yes. the triple double, the triple double stat. You you, you can't before this season. You 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 can't you can't even argue with, with with what he's done. But like when you see it not working, obviously they were undermanned. Okay, no one expected them to win. But when you see it, where it's just like he just goes into that one man wrecking crew, and it's impressive to watch. But you in your prime, you're 26. You're busting your butt. Does he throw the ball to guys like you? Like you're not like yeah. you're not Paul. You're not. You're not, um, you know, one of these schmoes. You're a yeah, guy who I can put finish. up points. And, right. and I can finish as well. So you have belief and have trust in guys who you know that can finish. You know, that's the thing. You know, those guys, he he get off the game, started trying to feed those guys, and if it don't go a certain way, then he has to take over. And that's the same thing when he comes back in the game in the fourth quarter. You know, he goes out to get his little break or whatnot, and the team goes on the run. So now he's forced to come back in and be that guy. That right. forceful guy, you know, it might look bad, but at times it's just one of those situations where he feels that's what he have to do. And then, and then, then for me, it's being on a team with a guy like that. Let's bring the best out of everyone. I think he was I, Jordan. Now in your prime, okay. <laughs> would you like prime. to have played with Russell Westbrook? Yes, I would. <laughs> just because you know you got a shot with Russell on the court. The most unbelievable stat from the game five elimination game for the MVP was that when he wasn't on the court, which was six minutes, the Thunder were minus 18. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, 27 to yeah. 9. Yeah, that's just one of them things, man. Like He has to be on the court, and he, and he can't play 48 minutes at that pace and at that rate, you know? No. You know, and then that's unfair for, for him to be put in that situation. Right. You know, you got to blame management. I'm saying you have to blame GM and president and owner. You know what I'm saying? After that, you know, you you put that team together. So you need to look at your roster and know what you're missing. A big, a big brouhaha was made up over this. Um, I don't consider Russell Westbrook, although he is the face in terms of his dress, his dress, his dress program. (laughs) He's way out there. But his game, his attitude, there's nothing that is skinny genification about Russell Westbrook except for the clothes he wears. But he broke the mold. It has less to do with the clothes and more to do with the behavior and the attitude. Homeboy is about any kind of life you want to put him up to be. He plays so hard every single game. I've never seen anything like it at that speed. But after the game, as soon as they lost, he walked off the court. Me personally, I don't have a problem with that. He put his blood, sweat, and tears there. Um, you know, I, I think he was frustrated. I think he could see the writing on the wall. And I think at a certain point, he probably just wanted to sit down and turn the motor off. Um, what do you think of that, Kenyon, in terms of is it bad sportsmanship? There's kids watching. Every, you're the MVP. Hey, what is your opinion of, of, of that and people criticizing it? What do you hey, think? 
First of all, I'm the I'm, I'm the last one to ask. <laughs> I know when it, when it comes to losing. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a sore loser. Um, mm-hmm. I have no problem with what he did. Soon as he soon as I saw it, I'm like, yep, get out of there, Russ. Like I I I, I respect that. You know, there's nothing you can say to me right now. There's nothing that you can say. Like I'm. Like I'm with it. Like, well, yeah, huh. we just lost. There's no hugging and high fiving and all of that. Like, I'm gonna talk to my guys when we get in the back. That's the only people I need to deal with. You right. know, for those that criticize it, oh well. You know, um, you don't understand how much losing burns inside of him. You know, you know. I'm saying they just lost a series. His season is over. Done. He's not in the handshaking mood. Yeah, he's I mean, not in he, the handshaking he, mood before the game. You know, so what makes the, 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 this situation any different? I agree. And, and, and a guy like that, he obviously turns on a switch. Um, and it doesn't just turn off immediately. We, we'd all like to see that, and, and we'd all assume that that works. And a lot of people can do that. But Homeboy is homeboy is really some, uh, something else, man. He is yeah. something else. He just – and he's been doing – how many years has Russ been in the league now? This is – Six. Can, this is, I think. Seven. seven. Yeah, son, yeah, I think seven. Um, but, yeah, um, so back to the losing thing. Yeah, like my mom stayed with me for a few years when I played in Denver. And after the game, she like, like she tell people, yeah, I hate when he gets this way. Like I wish they could win every game because I'm no fun to be around at times. You know what I'm saying? When we're losing and things like that and things not going as well, you know what I'm saying? I'm no fun to be around. I, I understand Russ Payne. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, like everybody deal with losing different. Some guys – it burns. Some guys, they don't care at all. Some guys think about it and try to figure out what they can help the situation. But, yeah, I'm a sore loser, man. How long would it take you to shake off big losses or or, or, or series losses? And, like, are you when you're laying on the pillow the night of a big, loss, a big loss, are you, like, running through every play in your head and crap? And are you able to decompress? Or is it, is it yeah, stay be, in you like, like a bad smell? It'd be hard to go smell. to sleep. It'd be hard to go to sleep sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to go to sleep after after a game where you didn't play as well as you thought you should and your team lost and things like that. So it's just extra pressure, especially when you care. You know, some guys go to home and they sleep like a baby after a loss. You know, some losses are worse than others. You right. Know, but um, I understand losing. I understand it has to be a winner, it has to be a loser. I, I understand you can't win every game you play in. Um, but that don't mean I have to accept it. And I don't mean Russell has to accept losing. You know what I'm saying? That's just one of them situations. All right, this is the two-man weave. We're all about winning. <laughs> we haven't lost yet. Yes, sir. Uh, look us up. I mean, you can, you can look it up. If, if you don't believe what I've just said, we haven't lost yet. Look it up. We're on Google. Uh, we'll be right back finishing up talking about Atlanta, Washington, Chicago at Boston, more skinny genification. Uh, we're getting a call from Antoine Walker. God only knows who else might call in here. This is the NBA on TuneIn. They call it the two-man weave, a.k.a. the confrontational two. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to the two-man weave podcast. We'll be right back with more after this. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, It had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck. Uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. 
The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve, is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just wanted to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Two Man We Podcast. Here are your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. The NBA on tuning. Two Man Weave, uh, a.k.a. the Confrontational Two. It's the NBA on tuning. Basketball fans before and after the game catch tuning's all new show, NBA on tuning live with analysts Antoine Walker. Rex Chapman, Karan Butler, Corey Maggette, 
and Will Purdue as they take you around the league with postseason analysis, interviews, and previews on upcoming playoff games. Catch the NBA on TuneIn Live weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 Eastern and again at midnight weeknights on TuneIn. Kenyon Martin, Michael Rappaport, we're breaking down the games tonight, tomorrow, past, present, and future. The Bulls were rocking and rolling. I don't know how much of the uh, Isaiah Thomas situation was affecting the Celtics. Obviously, it had, to, it had to have a burden on not just Isaiah, the players around him. It was a tragedy. Suddenly, right before the playoffs started, they were up 2-0. The Chicago Bulls were dominating this series, playing together. Even though even though Jimmy Butler is 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 not quite a veteran, he was playing like a veteran who wanted to win. I want to talk to Kenyon Martin and one of the NBA on TuneIn analysts, Corey Maggette, who's on the line with us. I want you guys to break down this game, this series. I'm here. What's going on? What's up, with you, Corey? What's up, K Mark? Ain't nothing cool in man. All right, Corey, listen to me. We're deep into the playoffs. Okay, it's real. It's in the field. Uh, I think one of the one of the one of the craziest starts of, of the series of the first round was the Bulls looked like they were just going to sweep through Boston. Obviously, uh, you know the Isaiah Thomas situation was a tragedy and had to affect not just him personally, but the team and and just their mentality and the morale and how do you deal with it? It was a tragedy for everybody when you see somebody you're that close with go through something. They were up two zero. Rondo went down. Now it's two to two. Where's your head at with this series, Corey? Well, you know what? Before before this this series, man, I, I really thought that Chicago could win this series. I think you know, you know, bringing D Wade back, you know, having him av- available, a veteran guy that understands it has a ton of playoff experience, and then not only that, but Jim, Jimmy Butler is is an all star, and I mm-hmm. think also just Rondo's ability to, you know, he's a veteran as well, has won a championship and understands the magnitude of, of this series, you know, it's, it's almost having you have a three-headed monster opposed to one with Isaiah mm-hmm. You have a lot mm-hmm. of good role players on Boston team. Um, but now, you know, I think the Boston, the Boston players have rallied around Isaiah, you know, with the tragic of his, his losing his sister, and they have found a way to kind of get in the head of the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, when, when you take Rondo out of the equation with the, with the Bulls as well, it changes everything up. So now you don't have him not only pressuring on Isaiah, but making making plays for everyone else on the floor. So now you have other guys trying to come in and fill that void, and it hasn't worked in the favor for for the Bulls. What do you think of uh, this series so far, Kenyon? It's two to two. Uh, we're heading into Game Five tonight. It's in Boston. Um, obviously, there was all this talk about. First, uh, play, uh, number one playoff seed, and then this just went out the door because they're in a, they're in a barn burner here. Where's your head at with this, Kenyon? Yeah, I just want to agree with Corey. Um, same thing. Going into the series, I thought they had a chance, but I I just thought with D Wade not being as healthy as he should, um, needs to be going into the series, I thought maybe they would struggle in that aspect. But them coming out, getting out to a hot start with Rondo, um, I think him him being back in that building, smelling the f- um, familiar air in that building, I think he felt right at home. You know, um, and, and then losing him, and then you and then you insert Isaiah Cannon, which he, he hasn't started a game all season. You know, you're asking a lot of him in this situation to go out and run a team in this kind of situation, and 
and then having to guard Isaiah Thomas on the other side. You know, you're asking a lot of him. You know, but it's still up in the air. Uh, 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 they can still bounce back. It's still tired now. You know, um, they've proved in the, that they can win in Boston. Um, of course, with Rondo, but I'm saying they should have the confidence that if they go out and they defend, they play the, how they know how to play. The chances are there. I'm saying for them to get a game, but um, I like Boston chances in this series still. I'm saying moving forward, um, if they get Rondo back, it'll be a different story. But um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be uphill battle. Corey, you cover the Clippers. You obviously played with the Clippers. You know, I'm a Clipper fan. Um, you know, I have no bias towards the Clippers and the Lakers, but I do like the Clippers. And I always want to see the underdog because essentially in L.A. they are the underdog no matter how good they're doing. What do you think is going to happen with the rest of this series? They, they, that game was up for grabs last night. Uh, Joe Johnson's come back from, from, from death row, and, and he's become like <laughs> he's like Joe Johnson of 10 years ago. He's like a major problem. And I guess that's why you keep a guy like that around to win playoff games. What do you think of this well, series? And are the, can the Clippers bounce back? You know what? When you first of all, when you take you know Blake Griffin out of the equation, um, that hurts the Clippers. So that's twenty five points that you miss, eight rebounds and five assists, and so that's something that they struggle with. And then also with Utah, they they get Rudy Gobert back. They insert you know their center, their dominant probably be defensive player of the year. Uh, back in that team, and both of these teams, uh, Ken and Jay, they 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 haven't they haven't been at full strength this entire season. So now this is the first time Utah has had their their entire starting lineup in. The Clippers still hasn't had it because now Blake is hurt. You know, now taking this into account is you lose that and you have to rely so much on Chris Paul, and Kmart knows this. You know. Uh, CP3 wants to facilitate that ball. He wants mm. to get his assist up. So he's going to keep moving the ball, moving the ball. But now, since you don't have Blake in the equation, and then J.J. hasn't really been playing. He had a good game last night. But before that, J.J. was averaging five points a game. He has to put – it relies so much on him to, to score the basketball and facilitate to the team. And, you know, in the beginning, I would have thought the Clippers would have won this series right out. But Utah does a great job of playing the entire shot clock. Mm. The Clippers struggle with that when it's down to six seconds on the clock. They get, they go into panic mode. Utah mm. doesn't because they're a slow, methodical team that understands if we continue to move the ball two or three times, we will have a better chance to shoot the ball. And they and and they continue to do that. If you notice when you watch their games, when it's five seconds on the clock, shot clock, they do not panic. They continue to get into their dribble drives or pick and roll and find guys to get shot. I think the Clippers are really in trouble this series. It's going to be very hard for them to win in Utah um, the, way you, the way they have built their confidence plan in this series. Yeah, Corey, so, so when, when you say that they, 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 the Utah is comfortable with the shot clock running down, is that coaching? Is that practice? Is that diligence? Is it a, is it a combination of all three? Is that just like their system? Because that, that, that's that, that's an interesting point, and it doesn't seem like something. Because naturally, that shot clock goes down. You people, they get ready to do something. Uh, where, where does that come from? You know, just as far you know as what? a team. Qu- you know, Quinn. I think <laughs> Quinn has has really uh, relied on his guys uh, um, to to make those plays. And you and you you think about their style line. You know, you got George Hill, who's basically comes from the San, Anto- San Antonio model as well. That understands that you have to be calm and can collect uh, every single possession. You get Gordon Hayward, who has emerges to this superstar. You have Joe Johnson, 
who's been in the big moments. They don't call him ISO Joe. He's one of the top players in the league and knocking down buzzer beaters Mm. for a number of years. And then you have Boris Diaw, who also came from this San Antonio crowd that understands that you be patient, you move the basketball. And then you have Rudy Gobert, who who is this defensive presence inside. And then you bring these other guys off the bench, and Joe, Joe Ingles, who starred, and then Rodney Hood, that wants to be facilitators if they have wide open looks, they get their shots going. And so if they they know if they continue to move the ball with this Clippers because the Clippers struggle after 18 seconds on defense, they will get a good shot. And it plays into their favor every time. And they go through this type of stuff in practice, uh, and they rely on their all-stars, and they rely on their team chemistry uh, to get those shots late in the shot clock. Yeah, they just yeah, and I agree with Corey. Um, that comes from a long season of them playing that way, you know, um, uh, and a coach trusting the guys to know the situation that they're in and that they're going to get the best shot possible for that possession. You know, you got to go out and beat them. Um, they very seldom beat themselves. Um, they have a lot of growing to do, and I think them being in this series playing against a team like the Clippers, um, they can teach them a lot. You know, um, Chris Paul is doing a hell of a job trying to do the th- things that I'm saying, like um, – Missing Blake. He's doing the best he can do, K-Bar. Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, he's, he can do. Yeah, he's kind of the same um, situation, kind of like um, like Russell a little bit. You know what I'm saying? He's doing yes. the most that he can do with the situation that he's put in. You know, um, having J.J. Reddick struggle for the first few games. He found life last night, but just not getting Austin Rivers back. And, you know, um, Paul is not the same Paul that we're used to. Um, Jamal is going to be Jamal. He, he's a volume shooter. He's a volume scorer. But, you have to put that together in order to beat Utah, I think. And then the Utah playing at home. If you haven't been to Utah to a playoff game, it's probably been loud the first Man, two games there so far. It is going yeah. to be rowdy in there for game six. You know, I, I, and I just think the Clippers blew a golden opportunity, you know what I'm saying, losing that game I, at home. I it's totally agree. I mean, they had the, the one. Even, even two, the one, the first game when they lost, when you lose Rudy, Rudy Gobert, that's the game that they should have stole, but then – ISO Joe kind of took over the game, but you're going back to Utah now with their fans being rowdy. You know, you have this young team that's confident. You know, honestly, Gordon Hayward and Joe Johnson believes that nobody on the Clippers can stick them. So yeah. they go in there with, with all this confidence. They can't. So you yeah, go in there with, with all this confidence, you know, and then you have to rely so much on Chris to be the guy. Chris is averaging 27, 27 points in this series. And almost ten assists, but he needs more help, and he's not—he's not getting it. He's not getting any more help. You know, when you talk about JJ averaging fifteen plus points during the regular season, and before last night he was averaging five points in the series. Uh-huh. That, I mean, that's a huge blow for the Clippers. You know, for them trying to get over the hump. Corey, this is the two-man weave. Uh, Michael Rapport, Kenyon Martin, our guest, Corey McGetty. Corey, I want to ask you something. You were part of one of the sort of more iconic Clippers teams, young guns uh, with Lamar and Darius. You know, you guys were high-flying. You had swagger, as the uh, the kids like to call it. You know, you guys were, you know, you guys were cool. You had a, you know, had a cool flow. What, what is your memory of, of, of that, of, of that crew and, and that time? Like, I mean, you were, you were a kid, man. Like, what, what is your memory of that time and, and being part of that, that, that little crew there? Well, I tell you this, man, we, first of all, we was practicing at Southwest Community College. We didn't have a practice facility. Uh, we didn't have the, 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 the training facility that we needed. 
Uh, we basically had to be out of the area off of Crenshaw and in L.A. at a certain time, you know, so guys could be safe. It was, man, it was a it was a huge learning experience. Coming back, you know, I'm thinking about even just Duke, Duke basketball and, you know, Duke was kind of, at uh-huh. the, you know, at the top. And now it seems like you're supposed to go to the pros and you're supposed to be at the next level, but it actually – we got demoted like five levels when you came with the Clippers. So you <laughs> had, took a pay cut, it, huh, Corey? Yeah, it was. Took it a pay was cut like going pay to cut. the Clippers, right? It, it, exactly. So you, you, you go there where you have no facility. Uh, you practice in that Southwest Community College. That's you crazy. Know, you just have to get in where you fit in. And then all of a sudden you have all these young talent, all these young guns on the, on the court. And I tell you this, man, when we had practice, man, it was, it was a showdown. Every single day, because you was fighting for minutes, you was fighting. And and nowadays, and Kmart noticed you don't fight for minutes no more like you used to. It's not a grind. It's not a you know people kind of get inserted, but you had to fight for it because you had so many young guys on the floor and battling. And so you know you got days when you didn't like those guys. We had days where we was fighting, but then we got along. And then D Miles, we invite everybody over to the house. We had barbecue. We had such. You know, we loved each other as as players, but we was competitors every single practice because no one was really getting ahead because you had to fight for that position. A lot of them guys, they were the same age. I'm saying they were pretty much the same age. Everybody was the same age. So you think about that. You got everyone the same age. You got about four or five guys that was playing the same position. And so you had to battle every single day at practice. Alvin Gentry was our coach at the time. And he didn't know what to do with us, man. He was like, listen, I'm going to throw that ball out and we're just going to play. And you guys get shots up. You know, but also I would say, man, that that that, that developed a lot of toughness in us, I, I must say, because you had to be tough because you didn't know if you was going to play or not, so you had to bring it every single night. You had to bring it in practice. And he said, hey, whoever plays the best in practice, that's who we're going to play. And I, I totally respected uh, Alvin Gentry for doing that and a toughness. Because they haven't been challenged. You know, mm. everything is given. You know, you, you haven't really earned, you know, the things now. It's, it's given now. So, you know, those are the days. And, you know, K-Mark understand that, you know, about that grind and that toughness that he even had to do. You know, just thinking about, you know, him and Santa in, in Cincinnati. You know, you had to, you know, you had your knee, the ACL, you had to come back. And you worked, you worked your, your butt off to get back. You know, next you know you the number one player in the, in, in the draft. You know, and so he understands it's just a grind. Uh, it was a grind back then as well. Yeah. Corey, let me ask you one more question before I let you go. Obviously, the the world has seen Lamar Odom, you know, and the problems that he's had, uh, you know, since mm-hmm. he left basketball. Can you remind everybody how special of a basketball player the skill set, the talent level that this guy is? Like, I don't know, he's got to be six eleven at least 6'10", handle the ball left-handed. Can you remind everybody what, what a basketball talent Lamar Odom was? Well, I tell you this, man. First, we, we you know, I'm always, you know, praying for Lamar that he can get on the right path. We've all, you know, struggled and fall. And, uh, but Lamar, you know, just think about a guy that's, you know, that's basically Kmart's height, you know, that can dribble the ball as a point guard, to have the size, to have the vision, um, uh, to make plays for everyone else, and then also take over a game. Like, all right, Lamar would do stuff like this, and this is the truth. When I was with the Clippers, ah, oh, man, all right, I think I'm going to get 15 and 10 tonight. You, you what? You think you're going to get 15 and 10? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to get 15 and 10 tonight, and I'll let everybody. 
that's how talented Lamar was because he can dictate, even when he's at Rhode Island, he can dictate what he wanted to do. And, you know, the best thing for Lamar is when he got, when he got traded from the Clippers to go to Miami, Pat mm. Riley, you know, pushed him to be a better player. And it kind of unlocked this other guy that now Lamar, Lamar Odom was, you know, figuring out like, man, these guys can't really stick me because I can go either way I want. I can pass the ball. I'm a decent shooter and I'm a, I'm a decent def, uh, defender inside of the paint. And, and he utilized all those things. And Pat Riley really brought that out of him. Then he goes to the Lakers and he really established himself to be a two-time champion there with the Lakers. I mean, I mean, listen, man, this was an unbelievable talent. And it's, it's sad that, you know, things that happened that he, he's not playing his game. But that's one guy that can probably play for 20 years with his skill set. I agree. I agree. Because of the skill set and the height and the versatility that he, he, he could have played. Corey, thank you for joining us, the two-man weave. Appreciate you, brother. Oh, uh, in time. We'll... K-Mark, K-Mark, you going to be in Vegas? I'll see you tomorrow, brother. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to make this special announcement right now, Corey. Okay. Tell him, tell and then him. And we got to go to break. Mike? I'm making a special announcement right now. This is a world, this, this is a first, what do they call it? A world first announcement here. Corey, you might not know this. I think Kenyon knows what I'm going at. <clears throat> the Big Three Tournament, Ice Cube, Kenyon Martin, Corey McGetty, Allen Iverson, Dr. J's coaching, the Rovering Reporter, the voice <laughs> of the Big Three Tournament, the sideline action will be dictated, called, and narrated by me. Michael Rappaport, Corey, I I can't, I cannot wait to see you guys out there playing. It's a dream come true for me to be this close to the action. I'm going to be getting my Tony Saragusa on, my Howard Cosell on, and uh, listen, I'm going to be fair but firm. I love you guys, okay? But if I don't see you playing hard, we're going to talk about it live on television, okay? I'll blow you up all over Twitter, Instagram, and/or Snapchat. But this is a, this is a special announcement. I wanted to share that with you guys. I'm pumped for it. I will be in Vegas, Corey Mack. Okay, I don't gamble. I'm looking forward to. Hey man, I'm gonna just tell you now, man. Don't take. Wait, did he cut off? It take it might take a couple of trial errors before us to get going. Don't worry. I need no, trial I think and it's errors, too. going to be good, boss, man. I think it's going to be good, Corey, man. And once guys understand the rules, I'm saying guys professionals, we got to grasp it on the fly. You know what I'm saying? Um, but guys got to wow the processing and get the the logistics and all that, you know I'm saying, to make it fun. Man, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man. I, I think, you know, like you said, you get those first couple of days to go down and train. Like, I'll be there on Saturday, you know, to kind of go. I'm going to actually go through some of those uh, combine workouts just so I can get used to it. Corey, listen, I'm going to be going through some combine workouts myself, okay? No, you ain't. You ain't going through nothing. You ain't going to do nothing. Listen listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm still available for the draft, okay? Talk to your GM. (laughs) Talk to your owner. I'm out there giving six hard ones, all right? This is the NBA on TuneIn, too, man. Thank you, Corey McGetty. I'm looking forward to seeing you down at the Big Three, hearing all your analyzation of the NBA on TuneIn Live. We'll be right back. More talking all playoffs Two-Man Weave, thank you, Corey Maggetti, Michael Rapport, and Kenny Martin. You're listening to the Two-Man Weave Podcast. We'll be right back with more after this. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, It had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, Just wanted to call... 
I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Two Man We Podcast. Here are your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. All right, this is the Two Man We. Thank you, Cormaghetti. I love hearing those stories about uh, that old, uh, well, old, that L.A. Clipper team, Lamar Odom, talented dude. 
um, want to see him get his whole program back on track. The NBA playoffs are underway. They're rocking and rolling. The Cleveland Cavaliers and Gold State Warriors and Houston Rockets are chilling out for a minute. Um, other teams are grounding, gr- playing ground and pound. We've discussed skinny genification, skinny genification moments. Um, Jordan Winter, they call him J-Dub, show you love. He's uh, the producer of the show, along with Miles Davis. They call him Miles Smalls. Um, Jordan, you said that you wanted to nominate an owner for a skinny genification moment of the week? Yes, the most. Wait, this is this is groundbreaking. I don't even know if we got to run that up the flagpole. Please, please do tell. Uh, well, it's definitely the most expensive pair of skinny jeans yet. Uh, Houston Rockets owner Leslie Alexander was sitting at his midcourt seat yesterday at the Game 5 of Houston versus Oklahoma City. He gets up from his seat, walks over about 50 feet, and t- he starts hollering at a ref. He sits down, probably said, Two sentences cost him a hundred thousand dollars. What kind of league is this? You got owners accosting refs during the game. Yeah, I don't think the fine was enough. Break it down, Mister Martin. Yeah, I just don't think it was enough. You know, you got to hold them owners accountable. You know, a hundred thousand. That's just he's like, all right, whatever. You know, you don't during the during during the course of the game. You know, the owner gets up. Yeah, I'm saying no matter what he was saying, you, you don't do that. You know, in that environment, you know, you're the only you're supposed to be above all that. Yeah, sit down. You ain't playing. Yeah, not at all. Um, so you can sit there and cheer, be enthused, be into the game, this, that, and the third, but saying stuff to other players and the other, and then the referees are off limits uh, for owners, I, I believe. It, it should be. Yeah, I don't think the $100,000 fine was enough. We're going to be back with Kenny Martin, Michael Rappaport, Antoine Walker's calling in. We got J-Dub showing love. We're breaking down the playoffs. We're talking smack. We're talking big three. You're listening to the Two Man Weed Podcast. We'll be right back with more after this. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it. And, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. It's now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. 
How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard. And I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire. When a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, It had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, Just wanted to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Two Man We Podcast. Here are your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. We're back. It's Two Man Weave. Kenyon Martin, Michael Rappaport. They call us the Confrontational Two. We still haven't cursed, Kenyon. Hey, that's a great thing. I'm so proud of us. Well, I mean, do you think Vegas was betting, betting against us? I think that there was odds were like, yo, these guys are going to be off the air. Yeah. I think that there was odds were like, yo, these guys are going to be off the air, yeah, the over thrown in some under. sort of like, yeah, there had to be they they had to be not stacked in our favor. Not at all, not at all. We haven't yeah, cursed. Been, yeah, I'm saying I'm gonna keep. I'm saying I'm gonna reiterate what I said earlier, man. Hey, come back because we professionals. That's what I'm saying. We got Antoine Walker on the line, NBA great. He hosts a show on NBA on TuneIn. Want to talk to him about what's going on in the playoffs, his career, had a great career, interesting career, dynamic career. Antoine, are you with me? Yes, sir, Mike. What's up, Kenyon, man? Thanks for having me on the show, brother. What up, Tuan? Thanks for coming on, brother. Yes, it's a good time. What, what's your take on this series so far? Obviously, Boston was in trouble, uh, and, and now they've bounced back. It was looking, it was looking really, really bad. Where's your head at? Where do you think the series is going to go? They're, they're, they're playing tonight back in Boston. Um, how do you think things are going to uh, unwind these last three games with, with with this series? Well, I think it's obviously it's a little un, you know obviously a little unfair. You know, family tragedy tragedy really hit Boston. I think you know affected the whole team, not just Isaiah. 
I think the whole organization, you know, had, you know, deep sympathy and felt for him. And it took kind of the, the steam and the emotion of being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference out of it. And it just wasn't there the first two nights. And you can see that with that play. Uh, luckily, they got it back together and even the series up. But before the series started, I, I felt like the Chicago Bulls were going to be a tough a tough out for them. I felt like they was going to be able to take them six or seven games anyway. Um, but you got like Boston right now. Without Rondo, somebody that can get them easy shots and easy opportunities, uh, the Bulls struggle to score the basketball, um, especially at, at point guard. With the point guards that they have left in the roster, haven't done much um, at the two games at home, Michael Carter-Williams and Jared Grant. Isaiah Cannon played okay, but you know six or seven of those points came in garbage time of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really necessarily I don't just I don't discredit him, but they, they, we need to see if he's going to do that from start to finish. So um, I like Boston. I just think they got home court advantage. I think it's going to be tough uh, for the Bulls to actually win two more games in Boston, and I still believe it could go seven. Though I, I think Chicago has enough, you know, veteran leadership on that team where they can they can win a game six and force a game seven. But I think this series, this series, obviously with the Isaiah Thomas situation, it just changed the whole complexion of it. So you guys are both guys that played in the post. Obviously, Antoine, you brought it outside. What is your take on, you know, people say last year there was so much talk about it, and, and I really think it's not fair, although I do it with the older, older guys. But, you know, when, when, when Steph won his unanimous MVP, it was like, it was like it was like the worst thing that could have ever happened to him. The backlash, and he couldn't play in our era, and this era, this, this era, that. You know, you played in that era, and then and then I believe you know you, your your career ended while the, the the changes had had already happened. You know, where the where the, the hand checking went away. What is your take on that? Like, not necessarily for Steph, but like for you, or or, or a guy like Kenyon, or or anybody else that's sort of like you know that was you know like that benefited that played in that era. You know, Steph Curry is the, the target. You know, they, everybody seems like he wouldn't do this in this era. This team wouldn't beat that team. What is your take on the, on all that with the, with the, with the rule changes? Well, I understood what the league was looking for. I, I did play in the era where it was hand-checking early. Um, I, I was a part. I didn't play in the playoffs against those guys. But I think the rules changed because the Miami Heat, New York, New York, New York Knicks series, because those series were played in the 70s and the 80s. They were very physical. Um, it necessarily wasn't an exciting brand of basketball. So I think that's what really wanted to make the league change over. Um, I wouldn't – the numbers would be very low for the guys that I could believe they could play back in that, that era. Obviously really? Steph would be able, yeah, Steph would be able to play in that. He's a little soft in as far as, you know, going to the basket and th- those type of things. But the way he shoots the basketball, it would right. be hard-pressed for me to believe that he can't, he couldn't play in that era. He would be like I his mean, dad. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's a so great, he would be that's his dad. comparison. Yeah, you know that's a great comparison. Like he could play because he could shoot the hell out of the ball. But I got you. But the things that that he's allowed to do night in and night out, it wouldn't fly night in and night out. So, so that hand checking. I mean, I would love to like you know do a visual sort of like demonstration. Like I probably wouldn't be the good person because you could guard me with hand checking or out without hand checking. But just oh, it's to huge. Sort of, say say it again. It's huge. Being the hand checking part is huge. You know, because you could control a guy. And then right. if you would, if you didn't have, if you didn't have, let us say you got, you had to have some handles, you had to have a good pump fake, you had to good, good footwork to get by guys. I mean, fundamentally, you had to set. <laughs> yeah, you had to be, you had to be sound to score the basketball back then. You know, it was way more two-way players um, in the league back then than it is now. 
because you can guard guys. You can put your hands on them. You can control them. Right. But now it's, it's easy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a it's a free form league. I mean, if you look at this year, if you even look at the stats, I mean, I think almost every team averaged 100 points. Yeah. Almost close to like that's crazy. You know, you know now you can't even you can't everything's a touch foul. Guys, you got to let guys dunk. And, so I guess they was looking for that exciting brand of basketball. And they got it. So, and it's got to the point now. I mean, the numbers, I mean, let's not take away from what, you know, obviously Westbrook and Harden, but they putting up astronomical numbers. These yeah. numbers like video games numbers, man. Yeah, I thought, like, yeah, I, was, yeah. I, mean, I thought the same thing. Twin. You know that, like, if you go into yeah. a game, I mean, especially, okay, let's take the regular season away. But you know how it was in the playoffs. If you was that dude, you was gonna see some double teams. Yeah, gonna, every yeah, yeah. To, wasn't, yeah, you wasn't playing. I wasn't playing. Paul wasn't playing. I'm saying, y'all, it was just the way it was. You know, what I'm saying, you was gonna we were gonna come out and mix the game plan up on your game to game. Wasn't gonna play it the same way. We might come out and double team you for the first quarter or the first four <laughs> times you touch the ball. Like it's game planning involved. But nowadays, man, they just going out and going through the motion. Let guys. Listen, Houston came out last year, last night, and I think the first six, seven possessions was the same play. Mm. It was a middle pick and roll. Guys, that's crazy. And, like, no offense, but if I'm playing against OKC, I'm cutting Westbrook off because I don't think the other guys can play. Yeah, we're going to double team him. Last night, they, the whole series, the man, when he was on the floor, he gave them every chance to win, which was crazy. They had they up five to start the fourth quarter. Within a, a minute and 45 seconds, they down three. Mm. That's crazy to me. Like, I couldn't believe it. And and that's that's the way the league is now. Like it's just different. Like the stars are getting off; they can do what they want to do. I mean, it's no no like you continue to say, it's no game plan. I'm double teaming Westbrook. The other guys mm. got to beat me. I'm yeah. double teaming James Harden. The other guys got to beat me. I'm making them passers. That's what happened back in the day, and that's why so many people I think love Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan made the right play when he got double teamed at the end of the game. He made he made other guys stars. I mean, the whole Chicago Bulls organization is the whole team that played with the Bulls works for the Chicago Bulls. John Paxson, Stacey King, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, you know, Will Randy Pitt, Brown. Randy Brown. They got their whole championship team works for the Bulls. And the reason why is because they won championships because mm. of Michael. Michael mm. made those guys stars. Hey, you so, know, so make you the guys. Shots. Sorry, sorry, Antoine. Go ahead. So, Go so, ahead. so what you're saying in terms of the double team. Is that because the rules don't allow it, or is it because the mentality is different, the coaching is different? When you're yeah. saying, "Oh, I would double team," is yeah. why aren't they double teaming? Because obviously, there's there's smart coaches, there's smart players. Uh, it, what is the reason why you guys are saying it's it's not happening? It starts with the players. It starts with basketball IQ. Um, it starts in um, believing that guys can do it. Um, and making guys go out and do it. You know, implementing a game plan, working on defense, working on rotations, talking it out, watching film. And holding like as much time as guys send, spend shooting the basketball, working on their jump shot, you know you have to work on game planning and defense and individual defenses um, the same way, you know. But my thing Man, is like, like if you had a guy yeah. like Isaiah Thomas out there that's doing what he is doing right now, we would run everything. Um, so we, like just say we had J Kid, well we'll post him up every play. Mm. Thank you. I'm saying Thank we, we would post him up yeah. every single play with Twan, with all them out there. If he was out there, that was going to be the game plan. No matter who was guarding me, no matter who was guarding Carrie, like that would have been a game. Like no matter what's been drawn up, we're going to make y'all make a decision, you know, and it goes both ways with the coaching and the players and guys mm. believing that they can go out and do it. Oh, but, I, I, I disagree with you, Mike, too, on the coaching. I, the coach is not as good as we think it is. Oh, because I don't. 
I mean, yeah. so I mean, and I don't like singling out different people, but I but I see a lot of small adjustments, and I'm not a, I'm not a coach, and yeah, that you can make throughout. I bring game. one. I'm, I'm saying I bring one to light. Just um, just happened the other night with the Robeson kid, the Houston Oklahoma City game. Oh, you know, man, it's, gotta, it's four minutes to go. Man. It's four minutes to go in the game. Four. They start fouling him. Take him out of Ow. the game. Yeah. Like Van Gundy said, um, Mark Jackson was trying to be all nice and pleasant, was like, I'll bring him over there and tell him I still got confidence in you. And Van Gundy was like, no, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have confidence in you that you're going to make him, so that's why you're sitting over next to me. See, that's uh, the yeah. problem. See, that's the problem with the NBA right now. They scared to hurt these guys, feeling scared to tell these guys the truth. Look, mm. boy, you shooting 12% from the free throw line. 12. Yeah, yeah. That's Come tough, sit man. next to I me. Felt, I, felt 12%. Bad. I felt bad for him as, a, as an ex-player. just felt bad for him that he's going through that and the coach won't take him out that position. I felt bad for that. Yeah, you can't think that he's going to make the next one. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be honest with the situation. You've been there. He's been around him. You know he can't shoot. Right. That's crazy. Was it 12%? He ended 14 yeah, for the series because yeah. he made two more. Yeah. He ended 14% for a playoff series. Yeah. That's the worst in history. It's worse than Ben Wallace, worse than Shaq, worse than Drummond. Worse, hey, yeah. that's bad. Worse than um, Chris yeah, Dudley. Listen, d- listen, it, that's bad, man. And for you to be a, a so-called perimeter player, like, but then, like you said, man, for your coach to leave you in that situation, man, I blame Donovan. Like, to 1,000%, uh-huh. I blame him for, for leaving him I in mean, that situation. And, and it's, it's, it's tough for him, and, and I understand that with Billy Donovan. This is second year when you really ain't been in these situations before, but he made so many mistakes. How you going to play your best offensive unit? How you going to play Enos Kenner? He can't play against Nene? You telling me he can't play against Nene? You don't play a man that you that this guy's got all the offensive talent on the block. You don't play him. You you got Doug McDermott, the only guy that can really scratch the floor from the three point line. You don't play him. Mm. You ain't trying to win. I don't wow. understand how you're trying to win. You have to. That, that's the type of series against Houston. You got to be able to score 110 points, 115 points. So I got to put the guys on my team. I got to put my best offensive unit. This is not a this is not a defensive series anyway. This is a this is a series that hopefully you get some stops late in the game. And that's how Houston try to play. Houston want to get the 110, 115. They in the game, and they hopefully they can stop you one or two times late. That's all. That's what. That's how Houston's played all season long. They're not good defensively. That's why you really can't take them against the Spurs, and it's tough to take them against Golden State because they can't get the stops that's needed late in games. So I, right. I don't understand what Billy Don was at, and I, you know, it's not necessarily a shot at Billy Don, but you got to make coaches. I don't know what these coaches looking at. They either got to hire better assistants that can say something to him because if we're on the outside watching this and can see this, it's a minor adjustment. I don't know how they can't do it with all the analytical stuff they got going on, all the film sessions they got, everything they got. I don't see how they don't see it. Antoine, I love this stuff. I love hearing you and Kenyon go back and forth about this basketball stuff because, you know, as much as uh, the fans and myself and, you know, like you guys talk about the innuendos and the details, I just, I, it gets my heart racing. I love it. Thank you for calling in Tuan. Uh, I would love to have you back. I'll come on your show anytime during the playoffs. Um, it's a two-man weave. Just had Antoine Walker, Kenyon Martin, Michael Rapport. Stay tuned. We're finished breaking down the playoffs. Antoine, I really appreciate the call, my man. All right, fellas. Thanks, man. You guys doing a great job, man. Appreciate Thanks. it, brother. Thanks for calling in, man. We'll right. be right back. You're listening to the Two Man Weave Podcast. We'll be right back with more after this. Yeah, hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal. 
near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck. Uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve, is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores you've ever had. In 01, we stayed up all night telling ghost stories with the neighbors. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of wear and tear. And sadly, in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Sparks from an improperly extinguished fire pit can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi. Uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah. Hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Two Man We Podcast. Here are your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. All right, we're back. Two Man Weave, Michael Rappaport, Kenyon Martin. I want to thank Karan, uh, Corey McGetty, and Antoine Walker for, Walker for calling in. 
I love hearing you guys talk basketball. Kmart, your guy, Zach Randolph. Hey. What's your take on that series, my man? <laughs> San Antonio versus Memphis. Right to it, huh? Um, good coaching by Fisdale. Um, inserting Zach into the um to the lineup. Um, he saw that they couldn't guard him. You know, off the bench, needed a spark. Down two games, going home. Um, needed some um, lift your team up, lift the um, the morale of the of the building up, and having Zebo out there, man, and and he's produced. You know, he's produced at a high level. He him and his counterpart, you know what I'm saying, Mark, they spent so much time on the court together. It's like, um, it's like riding a bike for them. Um, that they know mm-hmm. each other. Tennessee's know where and when each other need their space and the ball. And, you know, they're playing well together. Um, and San Antonio's in the dogfight. Um, them going back home now, um, down a game. Um, I think San Antonio closes it out in six. Um, I thought it would go five. Um mm. Um, I think San Antonio closes out in six. I think they go on the road and they figure out a way to get a win. Um, Ginobili finally made a few shots. Um, him going scoreless um, <laughs> for the first four games, which is hard to do for him. He's so active. Um, he, he's such a trip, man. I mean, for the last four or five years, he's been he's been dead. He's been alive. He's been dead. He looked like he was done one year against Miami. Then he came back the next year. Yeah. I mean, and you you can't you just can't count these guys out. Never Tony is. Parker at times, yeah, you he catches can, he man. catches flashbacks. He's putting people in the blender. Yes, and now San Antonio got um, a decision to make after the season with Patty Mills. Uh, he's a free agent. Um, without Patty last game, um, they probably don't win that game. Right. Um, but Patty played out his mind. And um, to reiterate, um, um, I heard um, I think it was Stephen A. talking about um, Lamarcus Aldridge earlier. Mm. Um, yeah, he's he's not what everybody. Thought that he was, you know. He's Why a, isn't he? What What's the deal with him? What do you see shooter. as a basketball player? He's a jump shooter. He's a back to the basket jump shooter. He's a pick and pop jump shooter. You know that's what he is. You know, and if you thought you were getting more than that from him, then you didn't really know the game of basketball. He's not a huge rebounder, um, which well, last game he attacked the glass more than I've I've seen him do in the past. Um, he was going after every rebound, which somebody he made a somebody told him to, um, to make a conscious effort to, to attack the glass. Um, he's a good shooter. He's a good basketball player. Don't give me um, I don't take anything from him. But Zach Randolph sees something in him, and Mark Gasol sees something in him that they can that they feel they can exploit on both ends of the court, and they're doing that. Mm. Toronto and Milwaukee for Game Six. The Raptors have won the last two games. They're up three to two been said that a heated film room session is what spurred game four and five Kenyon what are film sessions like during the playoffs it depends on the room it depends on the guys you have in the room um it depends on if you have to really coach guys up um if you have to break that film down for guys um if it was a bad loss sometimes you don't even watch film um but Mm. if it's some things if it's close and some things you feel that you can fix with a film session and or a walkthrough, then you do that. And sometimes sometimes it can be a roasting session. It depends uh, on the coach. Uh, you know, it depends on the coach. It depends on on the situation. You know, some coaches are blatantly honest with guys, and that film never lies, you know. Ball don't lie and the film don't lie. Yeah, definitely, you know, because um, you can't hide from You can't hide from the camera, you know. So sometimes it just – is really going out and pointing pointing out the things that guys are doing wrong that they need to fix and and making guys have a reality check. You know, sometimes that's the route to go.
J-Dub, what are, you, what, what are your feelings on, on this series? Obviously, there's a lot of exciting young players. DeMar DeRozan, he's, he's the real deal. Kyle Lowry still, you can tell he's, he's suffering from these injuries. This is the two-man weave, NBA on tuning. We're doing it until the wheels fall off of the playoffs. Um, the breaking news of this episode is that I will be the roving reporter of the big three. Kenyon Martin being one of the faces. Yes, sir. Happy Dr. J, Allen Iverson. Uh, yo, Kenyon, I'm going to be literally at times, you're going to see me like having like outer body experiences. I'm so excited to be doing it. Um, To see you bump, get that bump. Yeah, definitely. I'm getting ready. I'm, uh, I'll be definitely ready by June 25th. Oh, I can't wait, man. And, and and the first games are are in BK Barclays. You know that's my hometown, Kenyon. Yeah, I know you're stoked for that one, man. So Yo, I cannot yeah, wait. I couldn't picture them having nobody else do this but you, man, especially getting off getting the kick started in New York, man. Woo wee you love the game, man, much you're around the game and you know, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm really excited for this to get started. Um, it's the NBA on tuning. Like I said, we're going to be back every single Wednesday from 5 to 7 Eastern. There's all sorts of coverage of the playoffs. 2017 NBA playoffs continue on tuning. Okay, from the first round until the champion is crowned. That rhymed. Yes, Catch sir. every game from around the league live on TuneIn Premium. We're going to be back next week. We're going to have a report from the Combine, the draft down in Vegas. Ah. <sighs> What can I say, Kenny? I'm excited to be there. Are you a Vegas person? In um in doses, in doses, um, in moderation. Um, I I don't gamble anymore, um, so I just go to hang out with my guys. You know what I'm saying we go, um, maybe catch a fight, something like that. You know, so I'm, I go more for the sports. All right, that's it. We're done. I appreciate the calls, Kenny. I'll see you in Vegas. Big three NBA playoffs tonight. We have Atlanta, Washington. Chicago, Boston, J-Dub, show you love. I appreciate it. All NBA, all on tuning, the entire playoffs. My name is Michael Rappaport. Kenyon Martin calls the confrontational two. Other people call us the uh, two-man weave. <laughs> How you feeling, Dub? Love it. The pleasure of having you uh, yes, sir. ride shotgun with us. Ah, we'll be back next mine. week. Yes, yes. We'll be back next week. My name is Michael Rappaport, Kenyon Martin, two-man weave. We're signing off. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Two Man Weave Podcast with your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Listen to the show live weekdays from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern.